and welcome to another episode of Conversation with a Chef. I'm Jo Ritty and I love sharing with you the conversations I get to have with talented and passionate chefs. It's the backstory, if you will, to the food they're putting up. I begin today by acknowledging the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, traditional custodians of the land where this conversation takes place, and I pay my respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Today I'm chatting to Roger Liu at Loris in Carlton. I first met Roger last November when I wrote about Loris for Broadsheet. Loris is a sleek and sophisticated modern Chinese restaurant which was just about to open when I went down there. I went down to Carlton after teaching all day at school to meet owner Boy Young Fu and Chef Roger and hear, to hear all about it. They brought out beautiful cocktails and a selection of delicious dishes and a couple of hours later I very happily sailed out into the evening with a great story and the feeling that I definitely wanted to go back for the fall apart beef rib, the caramel glazed eggplant, but also to hear more about Roger's story. Because Roger is very impressive. He was 17 when he came to Melbourne from China to do the Cordon Bleu cookery course. Eight years later, and he's head chef and the one who came up with the name Loris. This is less surprising when you meet Roger. He knows exactly what he wants and he's single-minded in his approach to food, his career and the future. I spoke to Roger before service, so while I've ticked off hearing more about his story, I still need to get back there for his delicious food. Shall I see you there? Um, now, this coffee, is this the coffee from your from China or is it no, delicious? Um, we, no, yeah, we use uh, lightly roasted beans, uh, which uh, it's uh, produced from Sydney. Okay. And uh, um, it's, it's called Reformatory, the brand of the beans. That's right, yeah. yeah. It's the tea that comes from your area. Yeah, the tea is come, not, not really okay. from my area. Like There is some selections it's from my area, but there is other selections it's from the different regions of China because the, you know, the job, geographically like different regions they produce different kind of teas yeah yeah now i didn't even know before i met some some of the, the girls that were down at um in hawthorne at four kilo fish i think it was called oh and, um, yeah that beans from there from it's their from yunnan oh, i had no from yunnan and it was amazing yeah. I didn't really sort of yeah it's it's a vast country china isn't it so yeah yeah it is where where are you from which part of it's the uh, eastern part of china yeah. it's a city called uh, changzhou it's uh, 150 kilometers away from shanghai okay yeah and is that a small town or a big city <laughs> to be honest the population is similar to melbourne yeah but uh yeah. Consider like this huge population in China. It's uh, like a medium-sized city to sure. Chinese city. Yeah, yeah. And when you were growing up, did you always want to be a chef? Was that an idea you had? Um, not really. Actually, um, at the beginning, like, I always want to trying to get into the business. That's that's my um, goal for long term. And uh, chef. So after I finished the high school. But I, I got a bit lost with the target. I I, um, I kind of think, so what's the point? Like if I go to get a bachelor degree of business or kind of straight away and with no cutting point into the industry. So, um, and I just start searching, oh, what am I actually interested in? 
and uh, suddenly there is uh, ads from Lake Holden Blue coming up because that time the Lake Holden Blue just uh, established a uh, screw here in the second time they're doing a lot of uh, ads and I saw this and I said oh well um, I might interest in this one yeah and actually after getting like getting into that started learning quickly I, I did find it's I, I do have passion and I start to build up the passion more and more so yeah there is a certain bit of time I think oh I will become a great chef in the future probably yeah well already you've come a long way in a short space of time <laughs> so you yeah. were 17 when you came to Melbourne what was sorry were you 17 when you came to yes. Melbourne yes correct was that a a big decision to make. I feel like seventeen. Um, that's actually very... pushed by my family. Okay. Like my my parents, my dad always like themselves. They always want to go overseas to see my my dad. So uh, he wants to go to Japan, but he never got a chance because my grandpa didn't gave him the chance. What he what he said is <laughs> yeah. yeah. So um, did you come? Did did they come with you, or you came by yourself? Um, at the beginning, I came by myself, and uh, after that, my mum like visit me sometimes still it's a big move to make yeah, from yeah. China to Melbourne yeah. um, and and so that you so you came over to do that um, Cordon Bleu course yeah yeah so what does that what does that mean so when you start there how many years does it take or what's the what's the structure yeah, of it yeah so the course I was taking it's advanced diploma of uh, hospitality management um, <laughs> in commercial cookery um, in commercial cookery and uh, it takes about a bit more than three years because there are half year you need to complete a placement yeah. which with all the study things you probably do a bit more than two and a half years yeah yeah and so where did you have your placements uh, it's a restaurant called uh, Cesar um, it's actually like it's my first uh, official full-time position there Start start from a apprentice to chef, and uh, I did I did get a lot of kicks there, like in the commercial kitchen, because that's my like first full time position. And uh, but I learned I did learn a lot of things. Um, there was a relatively small kitchen, about uh, seven to eight chefs work there. What kind um, of food was there? It's modern Middle Eastern. Right. Yeah. Okay. Modern Armenian. That's interesting. So when you're learning the, um, at Le Cordon Bleu, you'd be learning French, French. techniques? Yes, yeah. French techniques. Was that hard to go into a Middle Eastern kitchen after that? Um, Would you have preferred a French kitchen or it didn't really matter to well, you? Well, it's actually a mind change to me when I work in a kind of like modern Middle Eastern restaurant. Like I didn't imagine I grew up in a French cuisine with a lot of French techniques, a lot of uh, French terminologies, and uh, I was worrying about when I go into a Middle Eastern thing. To be honest, the, the first time I was reading, I was uh, reading the menu, and I got no idea what's hummus is, what's lavash is, what's baklava is. Yeah. But, um, actually, when I get into the kitchen, like you don't feel that much difference because they're modern. Um, modern Armenian but so uh, with the, all the kitchen techniques they are still doing like not all of the French but like there are French influenced yeah so when for example like uh, uh, when chef asks you to chop a 
Brunoise shallots. Like you, you get it straight away. You know what Brunoise shallots is, and um, yeah, like that. So it's still well. The kitchen is managed by white people, and they are knowledge um, from the TAFE or whatever the colleagues here. So um, it's all actually start from French, and then they start to bring their um, culture or whatever the idea is to the business to make it more than. Romanian. Yeah, yeah. right. Mm. And how long were you there? Um, roughly about a year. It's yeah. a good length of time for that. So you did your yeah. apprenticeship and then did you did you go up a rank there or that was just you just spent that year doing your being an apprentice and then um, you went somewhere else? After yeah, after that like after apprentice the after being apprentice there for half year and I got my C4 certificate for so I can be a chef and I um, asked her to become a commie chef there and so I, I did become a commie chef okay, there yeah. for a bit further like about a half year more okay. and then after that I go back to, go back to school uh, focus a bit on the advanced diploma so at that moment we were mainly doing um, restaurant management course so you mainly learning how to set up your own restaurant and start a business. Okay. And uh, after that, so I went to the Atlantic, which is a restaurant in Krong. Mm. Yeah. So there's a lot of seafood there. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. mainly seafood. And uh, then steaks, a lot of uh, meats. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so that was another change. Had you done much work with seafood? Um, to be honest, it's the uh, when I was in Cesar, I experienced the. So I always so, to be honest, after I start in Lake Cotton Blue, in about half years time, I know my goal is still um, gonna to jump into the business in one day. But I I now I got a a bit clear vision. So when I'm in the kitchen, I always know I I need to learn like the different angles of operations. Sure. Um, so what I do is uh, in the sections, I always push myself to learn new tasks. Uh, new tasks. When I get one task learned, I always ask chef, so what else I can do? The same after I um, learned and managed one section for about two, three months later, I'll ask chef, so can I jump into next section if, mm. if it's available in the kitchen? Um, so in the Cesar, I did experience the three sections, so which is lada, pastry, and then a bit grill. Mm. After grill, I left. Um, when I jump on board to the Atlantic, um, I start in lada, and uh, that time there was a demi chef left, and uh, so I replaced him in lada section as a demi chef, mm. and then um, it's pretty funny in there because um, they do have a like a, a CDP chef take over the pastry section by himself, and uh, in that time, like there was a particular time, like it's a bit busy in pastry section. So you know, as a commercial cookery chef, most commercial cookery chef they don't want to touch pastry. It's but a particular thing. Isn't yes, it? Yeah. yes, there is that because in the start of the journey, you choose to become a commercial cookery chef or you choose to become a patisserie chef. Mm. Um, a lot of people they just want to like 
stay in hot dishes, savory dishes. They don't want to touch desserts like this. It's, it's messy, it's disgusting, but <laughs> to be honest, I don't care. Like I, I want to learn more recipes, more operation ways. So I um, asked chef if I can jump into a dessert and he, he said, oh, fantastic. I can't find anyone to replace or to, to fit into the dessert section. Mm. If you want to, then great. And uh, so I learned the dessert section for about three months and the daily operation so I can easily take care. And after that, um, it's, um, it's, I think it's the mid of 2019. Mm-hmm. And um, there was a bit big change with all HR staff in the Atlantic group. Yeah. Um, and uh, they start to cut down people, cut down all the casuals. Um, so that time the hot section got the people shortage problem. So I asked chef if I can shift it to hot section. So in the Atlantic, I pretty much experienced 80% of the section there. Mm. And uh, I did grow up as a CDP there. So I, so for myself, after I manage a section well, I always want to move to the next one. That's when I, that's the path I become chef. But I think that's, that's stood you in really good stead because to be a head chef, I think it, you, you must have to know, have a good understanding yeah, of yeah, all yeah, the sections. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. So then, did, did you go somewhere else after the Atlantic before? No. So in COVID. <laughs> in COVID, I was doing casuals there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Oh. So, how did it? How did Loris come about? Because that's a huge jump. Yes. <laughs> yes. So it's. I didn't image like. I didn't imagine that I can do a restaurant in a like such this short short time. I like after the Atlantic I I always know I want to have my own restaurant but the first goal is actually a cafe I know what my budget is and uh, I know what's my knowledge with the food with the kitchen operation so I do have that amount of experience I don't expect to get that much high Um, and also so the way I met uh, Boyan, which is uh, the partner of this business, um, it's actually from another friend. He was working on a Boyan as a casual, and he said, oh, my boss wants to um, jump onto a cafe project. And that time, like, it was linked up to me perfectly because I want to have a cafe. And uh, I went to him, we, we, had, we did have a decent chat, and uh, we decided to go to a cafe. But, um, From like from the kitchen perspective, and uh, I did have a bit uh, hospitality industry view, so. But still, like there is a lot of things um, missed from us, and then we got Quinting on board with us. At the at the beginning, the goal is still cafe, but after that, we we took this place, and we did the financial plan. We found. If we're doing a cafe here, it's never gonna afford the rent. Yeah. Yeah. So and with Quentin, he he do get a heaps of experience, more than twenty years in the industry, um, managed a lot of a couple of uh, very successful restaurants like a uh, Volumon or um, Hurin Ting in uh, it's a, it's a winery in the um, 
Yarra Valley. Yes. So yeah, he he do get a couple of successful projects, and uh, uh, we expect to get more from him as well. Yeah. And uh, after that, we did financial plan. We found oh, we need to do a restaurant here. So the plan turns to from a cafe uh, to a restaurant. Was that daunting? Were you were you worried about? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yes, yes. But so, actually, I I never ex. But like, yes, I did worry at the beginning. <laughs> but like, is there, I'm also excited yeah. because um, I'm not too interested in cafe, and I've never I've never done cafe before. To be honest, that's true. I guess it seemed like a logical step because it seems less. Yeah. Not as big as a restaurant, but yeah. it, but you've had restaurant experience, not yeah. cafe experience. Yeah. So, yeah. but how do you go from chef to party to head chef? <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> well, like I think the majority reason is because we want to present our ideas. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so even like the name Loris, I I picked this name. Um, so that's also after we met our marketing partner his name is Sam and uh, he helped us to find what our project wants to like how how the project wants to be Um, he he found from where we are from, where we want to present to people, uh, what's the, all the background of us and uh, what sources we can combine into this project. Um, with the Loras, like Loras, the name itself, it's actually, it's a, it's a Latin name of the bay leaf. And uh, um, that's the one common ingredients mostly used in Chinese cuisine, also in Western cuisine. Mm. And that's what we want to represent is uh, combine two cultures together in one. Mm. Yeah. So in a way, you had um, kind of like a, a clean slate to, to produce whatever kind of menu you wanted under those guidelines of a sort of a modern Chinese... Modern Chinese, yeah. Australian or mod- modern Chinese? Modern Chinese. Yeah. Yeah. So, what's our original concept is uh, modern Chinese dish with uh, locally produced. So, basically, it's uh, meaning we want to bring um, Chinese flavors into well produced, fresh, local produce like fish or fruit and veg and uh, great beef those things yeah and your beef is great yeah. have you still got that on the menu yes definitely it's so delicious yeah thank you so um so maybe talk me through um because i have eaten a few of the dishes but talk yeah. me through some of the dishes so that perhaps listeners or readers can um get an idea and come in so what's what's your favorite dish do you have a favorite um my favorite dish, so taste-wise, it's gonna be the eggplant. Yes. Do you still, did you? I do still remember. I that loved eggplant. that eggplant, yeah. and it was so. It was almost meaty in that it was so yeah, textural yeah, yeah. and flavoursome. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we don't want to coat too thick, but better outside. We still want to 
like people can still taste the eggplant, the texture, the softness of the eggplant, and uh, the batter it's uh, made from tapioca flour and a rice flour and make it gluten free. So that's actually compromise a lot of people. Mm. And uh, with the glaze, that's the most important part. And it, the main ingredients there, it's combined two Chinese vinegar. One is chinkang uh, vinegar, and another one is uh, Chinese red vinegar. And that's uh, really uh, bring the decent flavor and uh, the punchiness to the dish. Mm. You know, I do remember that. I'm actually, I'm, my mouth is watering just thinking about it. It was so delicious. And um, and what was the dish you had the, it was five spice, but it actually had 10 spices in it. What do you? Uh, that's actually, that. so when I say <laughs> Laura's five spice, uh, it's a fundamental part of the menu. Uh, it's not. It's not only used in one dish, but it used in a couple of dishes. Um, for example, like beef rib. So beef rib, we slow cook the beef rib with a beef rib glaze, and that glaze made from that uh, spice. Mm. Yeah. Did you? Uh, is that a traditional idea, the spices that go in, I don't know, the five spices, but is your version of it, and where did you get that idea from, that um, your own playing around? Well, actually, we can, as a Chinese people, I can pick up that idea very easily, even from my childhood, we do eat a lot of uh, five spice flavour things, like mm. five spice beef brisket or five spice uh, um, duck like you do have a lot of five spice dishes there mm. yeah and how did you decide on which dishes you would put on this menu well um, um, yeah it's about the menu engineering and I'm the first <laughs> time doing this yeah. like start from scratch putting up all the dishes together when this it's just a concrete shell, you know. Um, so at the beginning, I choose. Um, so from our concept, I choose a couple of dishes. I want to. I want them to become the signature, and uh, um, definitely gonna keep on the menu in the meantime. And then we we go to the floor plan to see how the kitchen gonna set up physically with all different equipments, and then from the. Um, floor plan of the kitchen and I know what's the capacity will be in the kitchen and to develop the rest 80% of the menu so that's my first menu and uh, there is still it's not perfect but uh, we are still working on that to be honest like we're always working on the menu I think a lot of chefs are like that there's never a finished product you're always thinking no. about what's more what's more and what can no. I do and how can I make it yeah. better and so on yeah. do you um where do you get inspiration is it from cookbooks or from memories of food or Instagram what where do you go for your inspiration yeah to be honest it's combination from all of those yeah. like uh, definitely the first thing always start is what's this venue's concept is that's the fundamental and then go to cookbooks no matter it's Chinese cookbook or it's Western cookbook I always found it like you can get inspiration from both like you don't you don't limit on one 
and uh, also I do watch a lot of YouTube YouTube videos to yeah. see how people complete dishes. Um, yeah, I went to restaurants in different states to try out uh, if they do have modern Chinese like these kind of restaurants, or if not modern Asian, they're always a good angle for me to pick up some dishes ideas. And I could tell with your dessert, um, your desserts that you had had experience on the pastry section because yeah. they're really innovative, and I just um, I was so impressed. They were they were quite intricate and clever. So just um, just remind me what they were because I remember them being amazing. But what were they? <laughs> the desserts. Um, there was uh, the signature. It's always the wrapping ice cream oh, with right. the brandy snap. Yes. Yeah. Delicious. And uh, after that, we got uh, the uh, soybean curd with the honeycomb and uh, the nashi pear and uh, then we had we was having the chocolate ganache cake with the coconut cream cheese those things yes. um what else we got sorbet we got asian fruit sorbet and uh, yeah i think that was i think you brought out a little tasting plate which was amazing and that's yes. the idea really here too isn't it is to get the tasting menu so that yeah. um, people couldn't really taste yeah. the full range of yeah. dishes yeah they can upgrade from the uh, wrapping ice cream to the whole board yeah yeah but even with the savory dishes it's a good idea to do that whole tasting menu isn't it so you can really yeah in the first time definitely the tasting will be the um a good option because like you don't you don't need to think that much you don't need to yeah think if you don't have an idea with chinese food um the tasting, it's a good combination of all of the ranges and uh, it provides different levels of uh, flavours to you as well. Mm. Just to change a little slightly from the food, as well, it's all about food, but um, how did you go with managing a team? So being a leader, what's your style? Do you, are you, do you show? Do you tell? Do you, how do you, as a new head chef, yeah. how has that been? Um, I, to be honest, I think I, I'm not that kind of tough personality to tell people do this thing straight away. Like what I do is I show them how I do, yeah. and I expect that they follow me to, to get get it done. Yeah. yeah, that's my first venue. I'm I'm also like I'm trying to improve in myself in the management style. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's challenging. It is challenging. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so, what is it about being a chef and working with food that you love? Because obviously, you've been drawn into it, and and you've strayed away from your business. Well, still having to have some business ideas here, but um, you strayed away from that business idea into being a chef and now a head chef. What is it about that that you love? Um, the great thing. I love about it's definitely so you can always explore and then put what you find what you want to do on your menu I think that's the most exciting part and the most part I can driven me um, rest of that I find working with different kind of people uh, different personalities and then learn new things like because when you getting to new uh getting to know new people and you, you can just 
during conversation or see how people get things done like that's something you're learning straight away so that's also a great angle from my side um also it, there there is a lot of challenges it's like uh, you you need to communicate with marketing team with your pr team also with your finance part yeah. so i don't feel i don't feel that's um headache i do feel that's some something i'm learning so i'm i'm kind of the person who love to touch new things yeah yeah it's great yeah. Well, thank you thank that's, you um that's all thank Perfect. you very much <laughs>Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Conversation with a Chef with Roger Lou. If you want to experience all the greatness for yourself, which of course you do, you can follow Loris on Instagram at Loris Melbourne. That's L-A-U-R-U-S Melbourne. And check out Roger's food. As for me, I'm also on Instagram at Conversation with a Chef. And if you'd like to read more chats, you can check out the website www.conversationwithachef.com. I'd really love it if you told a friend about the chats and of course you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or click follow on Spotify so I know you're there. Once again, thanks so much for listening. Have a great day and see you back here sometime.